talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, with us. Never a complaint when Brian Roth is with us. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Man, you should see the snow on the front range. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I like it, Brian. Right out of the gate with yeah. with a little uh, wine about a Wednesday action. Yeah, we interviewed Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, a while ago. And I go to Cody, I go, so you guys getting drilled over there? And he's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we're getting a lot of snow over here. I'm just going to stay inside today. <laughs> well, go, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a complete snow day, which means the ruffians are, are back in the old homestead all day, which means that dad doesn't get any work done, seemingly. Ah, and, so the, the ruffians are on home you know, campus today. That's right. <laughs> the home campus, just where I don't want them. <laughs> dad, 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 let's, let's go build a snowman. Dad, dad. <laughs> Come on, Dad's got work to do. Leave me alone for five minutes, okay? Uh, that had to be just such a, a fun game to call, the UNLV game. Isaiah Stevens, final 20 seconds, hits two threes, erases a four-point deficit. Uh, Rams go on to beat UNLV at Thomas and Mac. That just had to be a blast to call, uh, Brian, this last week. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, it was a couple of desperate teams, too. You know, CSU had lost five and six going into that game, and obviously we've talked about – some of their struggles, the loss to Air Force, obviously. You know, that's the UNLV team that opened up the season 11-0. and And we're one of the, you know, last seven undefeated teams in the entire nation. And we're, we're on the cusp of popping into the top 25. And, boy, they came into that game, and they had lost three of four. And so you had two teams that were desperate for a, for a win. But, yeah, I mean, the way the game ended, you know, it's an instant classic. Uh, <laughs> the shot to send it to overtime by Isaiah Stevens at the buzzer. I mean, the two-handed chuck from a, about 35 feet, I mean, it looked like a soccer throw-in, as you'd see uh, in a <laughs> soccer game. I mean, he threw it two hands over the head. Uh, and then, obviously, he, he knocked down a couple more big threes in the in the overtime, including the game winner with, uh, with three, four seconds to go. And 33 for Stevens, he was absolutely sublime. But, you know, that was a game in which Colorado State led by four with under four minutes to go and then went empty on seven Great possessions, including four turnovers, and and you really felt Rams were in right in line to really take control at the end of the game and 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 win that thing by six, seven, eight points. And just just couldn't take care of the basketball, missing shots, and couldn't extend in the lead. And next thing you know, you're you're down by four with uh, you know 14 seconds to go, and and obviously behind the eight ball. But you know, sometimes in Vegas, you roll the dice and. <laughs> And it comes up with your numbers. So that's what happened uh, for CSU. But an absolute blast uh, to be able to be a part of a, a game like that. And I know it's something that, talking to Nico Medved last night on our coaches show in downtown Fort Collins, <clears throat> said, you know, we've been we've been dealt some, some pretty harsh luck with injuries and, and things of that nature this year. Maybe, maybe we were due for just a, a little bit of good luck to go our way. And that's certainly what happened. Yeah, no doubt about it. The uh, 82-81 overtime win. Isaiah Stevens hitting the jackpot in that game with 33 points, 12 of 22 shooting. He was just 8 of 16 from three-point range. This this has to be the quintessential, probably best game that Isaiah Stevens has ever played in a Rams uniform. Yeah, it, um, it, you know, it, it probably is just because they won. Now, his career high was 35 last year against UNLV at Moby, but that was the game in which they, in which they lost. Uh, game which Bryce Hamilton for the running Rebels had 45. So 
but so it wasn't his career high, but obviously the, the Rams have lost that game and, and just just watch him do what he did and the clutch shot after clutch shot. Now obviously the near half court heave at the end of regulation. I mean that that was lucky. Let's call sure. that what it is. But but the other thirty points certainly were not lucky. Pure skill and then you, know, you throw and he had nine rebounds. He had eight assists. Um, all of a sudden about seven minutes to go in the uh, contest, the triple-double watch started. There's never been a triple-double in the history of Colorado State men's basketball. And then, obviously, we get to overtime, and it's like, well, the triple-double watch is, is still into effect here. He didn't get to that point, but, you know, I mean, anytime you could go 33-9-8, and eight, I mean, that's something that Nikola Jokic does, right? I mean, it's, it's not something that, that college kids do, but, man, he was, he was terrific. And, you know, Jim, I think it's getting to the point now with the way that the CSU basketball team's constructed moving forward uh, where Isaiah Stevens is going to have to play like a first-team all-conference guy that he is and that he was voted in the preseason and that he's been in past years. But he's going to have to be that guy each and every night if Colorado State's going to remain competitive in the Mountain West Conference. And I think we talked about that a little bit last week on the on the show when you know the Rams lost to Air Force at home last Tuesday night, and Stevens went six of twenty two from the floor, and man just missed a ton of open mid range jumpers that I mean that's right in his wheelhouse. And and what happened? Rams lost. And so I know that's maybe an oversimplification, but but the fact remains is he's your best player. He's one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference, and and the way the roster is constructed, he's going to have to play like one of the you know top three, four, five players in the Mountain West Conference each and every night if CSU is going to win a bunch of games in conference. And obviously a huge challenge tonight with San Diego State. We'll talk more about the Aztecs in a moment, but you know a couple more thoughts about the UNLV game where, where Jalen Lake and John Tanji, they, they made some, some big plays to help win that game. But Patrick Cartier just continues to, to be impressive. He had the first six points of overtime that, that really gave the Rams a chance to win that game in OT. Yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, going into the game. Uh, the coaching staff for Colorado State really felt like UNLV was going to do everything in their power to to take away the inside with Cartier. And, you know, they, they have some good athletic bigs, as UNLV always seems to have. Uh, they have one of the best shot blockers in the league, and David Mawaka, uh, a kid that goes six foot 11, 240 pounds, and is super, super long. And, you know, Cartier had been playing the best of all the Rams, right? I mean, the previous two weeks and in conference only games Cartier going into the game against UNLV was the leading scorer for CSU so they really felt like they were going to have an opportunity to score in other ways against UNLV because they felt like the Rebels would try to take away Patrick Cartier and that's exactly how it played out on Saturday night in Vegas I mean UNLV was every time Cartier touched the ball running doubles at him uh, just doing what they could to just keep the ball out of his hands in the in the first place but he always seems to find a way. You mentioned all of a sudden he comes alive in early in overtime. And just the way that we've seen him score in the last two, three weeks where he's just able to slip on a little back cut, slip uh, on, a, on a screen, uh, get loose in the paint. And then, of course, anybody that's watched the SU hoops this year knows that Patrick Cartier, even when you know he's got somebody on him, I mean, he can just go to either hand. He can turn from either shoulder. He's got a little subtle dream shake, right? The old Hakeem Olajuwon little shake where you can just get that post defender off balance a little bit and then boom, you're beat. And so he's been a, he's been a joy 
a joy to watch this year. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, joining us today. Rams take on the San Diego State Aztecs tonight. And when you talk about the Aztecs, Matt Bradley is the name that obviously comes up uh, a lot when you talk about this basketball team. But uh, uh, Jaden Ledee is, is a guy that at times has been a, a force for them inside. Earlier in the season, he uh, had a 37-point game uh, you know, early, uh, you know, back in November. But uh, kind of take us through the, the Aztecs tonight, which obviously this is a, a big challenge for the Rams hosting uh, San Diego State. Well, San Diego State is the program in the Mountain West Conference. I know then when the conference last year, Boise State was able to do it, but still went to the NCAA tournament. And, and look, they just reload down there. I mean, they, they have that thing so dialed in with, you know, Brian Dutcher now who took over for Steve Fisher and, of course, Steve and – and Brian were at Michigan and won the national championship at 89, came to San Diego State, and it just built that program up. They got a brand-new arena 20 years ago. It's the hardest place to play in the Mountain West Conference. I know the game's at Fort Collins tonight, but just in general, you look at what San Diego State is as a basketball program, and then you know they're able to recruit nationally, not just high school kids, but they're a big-time transfer destination. I mean, who doesn't want to go and play at San Diego State where you're going to play a national schedule, right? I mean, uh, early in the year, they were out in the in the Maui Classic, right? And they're playing against Arizona, Arkansas. I mean, the best teams and the, and the Blue Bloods are all going to that tournament. Well, San Diego State goes to that. And so, you know, they have a lot of things going for them. Then you you look at their roster and, you know, you, you mentioned the D comes from TCU, uh, Darian Trammell. A really good guard came from Seattle U where he put up massive numbers in the WAC, and he's been a a dude that's been tough to stop. Matt Bradley, Conference Player of the Year last season at the Mountain West. Of course, he was a transfer from Cal. So they get good, big-time freshmen, and, again, they they can recruit nationally. And then, man, they're better than everybody else in the Mountain West Conference and they're more successful than anybody in the Mountain West Conference when the transfer portal opens up. And then, oh, yeah. They're really well coached, and they defend the heck out of you each and every year. So it's a, it's a program certainly to uh, be admired, but certainly not one to be feared. And that's a Colorado State team that, uh, you know, believes at home. They're, they certainly uh, can, can knock off San Diego State here tonight, and that'd be a, a big, big win if CSU could do that. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, uh, 8.30 for that one tonight when the Rams host San Diego State. And then uh, after uh, the Aztecs tonight, go to Laramie for that Saturday showdown with Wyoming, which is always uh, the, the border war and the hardwood between the Cowboys and the Rams. It's, you know, it, it's, it's amazing the type of season that Wyoming's having. Right? I mean, an NCAA tournament uh, team of a season ago, they returned all their key pieces and brought in what, two UCLA transfers, one USC transfer, and everybody's looking at them as like, man, you, say, you know, this is going to be a Wyoming team that, and they were picked for their second by San Diego State in the preseason poll. Well, Graham EK, the preseason player of the year, <laughs> hasn't played this year. He's got a foot injury, and that, they don't know if he's going to play this year at all. And they've had a few other injuries as well. And man, I don't think anybody, Jim, could have predicted the fall off the cliff for Wyoming. I mean, they're five and thirteen. And they have lost eight straight, and they're 0 and 6 in Mountain West Conference play. This is the team to pick second in the preseason poll. I mean, everybody had them going to the NCAA tournament this year, so it's uh, it's been a 
real tough year for Jeff Linder uh, up there at Wyoming. And But I'll tell you this, I mean, that's going to be a dogfight, as it always is when the Rams and the Cowboys meet up. It doesn't matter the sports. And obviously those two teams uh, played two fantastic games last year with both programs being NCAA tournament teams last year. So uh, it'll be a tough one, but it's just, it's astounding to see the type of season that Wyoming is having this year. Nobody, even with the injuries, nobody saw this coming where they would be riding an eight-game losing skid into that CSU game on, what, January 21st, and, and have only had five wins to their credit the entire season. It's uh, certainly something to watch. Two o'clock Saturday for that one, Rams at uh, Wyoming. And, of course, tonight uh, the Rams hosting San Diego State, 830 at uh, Moby Arena. All right, one final thing. We all know that uh, if you've listened to this program, you're a diehard Broncos fan. And let's say you decide to go out today and make a snowman with the ruffians. Yes. Which Broncos coaching candidate would you try to make as a snowman on your front yard? Because you think that will be the next coach <laughs> of the Broncos. Which snowman would Brian Roth and the ruffians make on, on your front yard? <laughs> That's a, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I'd say Sean Payton if it didn't cost, you know, as much capital that it sounds like it's going to cost to give to the Saints. I mean, the Rams aren't aren't exactly flush with capital right now, are they? I mean, all of it belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I've I don't know. I just I just want to see a competent football team going into next year. I mean, I, I'd say Sean Payton, but man, I mean, I just don't know if you can afford him, Jim. Can you? I- Guess the Broncos have, yeah. have, have agreed with Mickey Loomis on what you know what the compensation is going to be, but I'm I'm with you on that. I it just seems like it's a heavy price to pay, but uh, we'll right. see if the Broncos I mean, he's, are he's at the top pay. of the list, right? He's at the very top of the list, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a quarterback league. You know, I mean, it has been, and you know, I, I whoever whoever can come in and fix Russell Wilson is the guy I want coming in as the head next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Sounds good. I like that. So, yep. Who? I don't know maybe, who that is, though. <laughs> you don't know who that is, but that's okay. Well, uh, if you decide to make a snowman with the ruffians, you know, it doesn't have to be who the next coach is. You can just be a good old Frosty the snowman. Maybe one of Nico maybe Medved. Maybe make a Nico well, Medved snowman, snowman out in your front yard. Maybe I can make a 27-year-old Russell Wilson out there, right? I like that. There we go. That'd be, that'd be great. Yes. Happy birthday, just like uh, Frosty the snowman. I can see Russ saying something like that and replace Let's Ride, perhaps. We're going to make him out to be like Frosty the Snowman. I don't know if that's a, that's a good idea or not. Hey, I always appreciate it, Brian.